You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. We may not always understand all that we see. We certainly won't. But it never changes the fact that He is good. It never changes the fact that He is love. Two weeks ago, I spoke from a passage that records this question that was posed to Jesus. I'm sure I don't even probably need to say it because I'm sure all of you were here and remember already what that, that sermon probably don't even need to bring it up, but I'm going to. Uh, is it right to pay taxes unto Caesar? That was a question that was posed to Jesus and he knew that they, it was simply an attempt to trick him because if he gave one answer, the Roman soldiers would arrest him If he gave the other answer, the Jews that were tired of paying the tax would turn on him. But his answer was profound and it was stunning in that moment. He simply asked for a coin and then he asked, whose image is on this coin? They they answered certainly, Caesar. His response then was, give unto Caesar that which is Caesar's and give unto God that which is God's. He gave us a profound answer in that simple reply. How would you know something belonged to Caesar? It had his image on it. How did you know what belongs to God? It will have his image on it. When we we say today that I am a child of God, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, however we want to describe it, what what we're declaring is that because of what he paid, We've heard this already, what he's paid for us, the price that was paid for us, we are his. And because we are his, we can understand that he designed us so that in all things we could bear his image to a world that doesn't see it. We don't have to wonder if the world walks in darkness. We don't have to wonder if there's despair. We don't have to wonder if there's discouragement. I hope, I don't know if if the world you might live in, but the world I live in, it becomes very evident, very plain, and very understandable that there are many who walk in darkness. Our lives, our homes, our families, our communities, and our school should be the first places that we claim in the name of that image of God. It's, be, it's bigger than me. If I bear the image and I stand next to you, we bear the image of God. As a church, corporately, we bear the image of God. If, if we stand together, the community bears the image of God. The school bears the image of God. That should be our expectation. That should be what we would absolutely see. It's what our hearts should long for. God is showing in this showing us this in a simple and a very dynamic way. Parker sees it, and he's speaking of it. I see it, and all that I can seem to speak about it. God is moving on our lives individually. He's moving on this church. He's moving on this community. He's moving on this school. He's moving on this area. The question is, When he says these kind of things, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. Now, when when we hear that word, 
it functions almost like a vacuum cleaner. If I be lifted up, the most natural thing that's going to occur is those who carry my image, those who declare that they are my children, those for whom I died and are now saved, they will, by a very natural act, move in conjunction and in relationship to him being lifted up. It should be a very natural thing. So when we recognize, if we lift him up, then what he has shown us will create this suction so that we will be a part of what he is showing us. Again, I'm speaking of it, Parker's speaking of it, others are speaking of it. God has shifted gears in, in what he has for this church as we come to this new time. Amen. He's not going to stop what he's done. He's not going to stop the work of the emergency room, but he has declared something else. And it's not a confusing something else. My hope is, standing here this morning, that all of us, individually and collectively, will catch this vision that God has spoken over this body so that you can articulate it. You can know what it's about. You can make a decision about, am I going to be a part of all that God has said he wants to do? The display of that image to a dark world, our world, close and personal. I'm not talking about just out there. I'm talking about neighbors. I'm talking about friends. I'm talking about friends of friends. I'm talking about we recognize that up close and personal, there is a world around us that is walking in darkness. Our image, God's image on us, is an image given to that world. So let me ask you, because this is where we're going to have to really get it. This is where we're going to have to understand what is God doing now? How does it look? I'm going to ask you these questions. If you're visiting one of our senior adults, and you're, you're at their home, and you see a light bulb out of, or a porch board that is loose. Now I'm talking really small. You go in their house, you see a need. There's a light bulb out, there's a porch that's board that's loose, they need to wrap something. Will the image of God be seen in that moment? It's a simple question. When you see the light bulb out, will you leave that home with the light bulb out or will you leave that home with the light bulb replaced? I don't think I could get this any smaller. I don't think I could get it any more unimportant. The question is, by your actions, by your response, by your obedience, will the, will the, will the image of God be seen in that moment? Another one. If you see a lawn that needs to be mowed and know that the homeowner cannot do it, will the image of God be seen in that moment? Or will it go unattended? If you know of a family in financial need when trying diligently to support their family, will the image of God be seen in that family? If a person uh, needs help in the middle of the night, Will the image of God be seen for them in that moment? In the darkest hours of grief and loss, will the image of God be present? Will his light be seen in that darkness? Again, I'm talking small, small things. 
I'm talking about those moments that so often get ignored and God is calling us right now in this time, in this moment, to become fully and absolutely aware in the places where we live, in this community, in Loveland, in Lubbock, in all the places we live, that our eyes become very attuned to those situations, those opportunities to serve as children of God so that his image will be seen in each one of those. I don't know how to dispel darkness until his image is made present in that darkness. We are the bearers of that image. He didn't say to the mountains, you can bear my image. He didn't say to animals, you can bear my image. He said to you and I, when he created mankind, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, when he said, let us make man in our image. He didn't say that to anyone else. There's no one else who can bear the image of God. This is our new season. It will be active hands, his hands. It will be trumpeting hearts, his heart. It will be kind words, his words. It will be open pockets, his pockets. This is the season that he's calling us to. Now the question is, will it suck us in? Are we wakening each morning in anticipation? And, and I share this with you often. When Jan and I sit at breakfast, holding hands before we eat, my prayer is always the same. Father, thank you for the goodness that you have already placed in this day. Thank you, Father, for the kindness that is already placed there. Thank you for the opportunities. Thank you for the situations I'll face. Thank you for the walls that we, that we will encounter so that we will see your glory. And thank you, Father, now that you let us go out and discover all the places where you put the goodness, all the places where you put the kindness, all the places where you put the opportunity. Thank you, Father, that you have given us eyes to see and ears to hear so that we can leave now and encounter you. We wake up ready. Again, I, I, I shared the story back there, but it was just such an unusual moment. I love the moments, and I'm just going to, I love it when it happens because when you wake up ready, you won't be shocked by them. But again, I have somebody that, that every Tuesday, he gets to pick where we eat. We eat lunch every Tuesday. And he always picks furs on South Loop 289. That's an every week thing. So I'm sitting there, I finished eating, and I'm sitting there and the Holy Spirit says, I want you to pay for whoever comes up behind you when you get ready to check out. So I watch, there's nobody up there. So I finally just get up and go and I've signed the ticket and nobody is behind me. But when I finished signing, a family was walking up and I, I really believe there's about 14 in that family. So I see this woman and she's got a ticket back here and I, re, I, I talk to her and I tell her, so ma'am, I'm not trying to be forward. I'm, I'm, I was just sitting in the booth and the Holy Spirit said, I want you to pay for whoever comes up behind you. And, she, and she's standing there. She says, well, this lady's really the one behind you. So I looked, and between me and her, there was another lady with another ticket. So it wasn't one family. It was two, two families. So I, I took the, the ticket from the lady that was closest to me, and I told her the same thing. Ma'am, I'm just doing what God asked me to do. And then I realized, what did God ask me to do? Pay for the ones behind me. So I took both the tickets and our ticket, and $140 later, I'm leaving first. Filled with joy. Filled with joy. 
because God had already seen that moment. And when you wake up ready, when you wake up in anticipation of those moments, you realize, I just got to walk in that which God had already done. I had to worry about the money because he will not expect anything from me that he didn't first give to me. Isn't that amazing? I love the moments. I cherish the moments when God lets his image appear in such a simple way. I don't even know what he was doing. I don't know the point that he was trying to make. I don't know what he was trying to tell this family. I don't know what he was trying to tell me. Except there was great joy in that moment. I love those moments. I, I shared with you a while back what God revealed a few weeks ago about his conversation with Adam when he said to Adam, where are you? Again, what he showed me was that he was not saying, Adam, I know you left and you think you can do this without me. What God showed me was that God was actually saying to Adam, God, where are you? Saying to Adam, Adam, where are you? I can't do this without you. I made you to bear my image. No one else can. I cannot do what I plan to do in you, by you, and through you, Adam, without you. Again, how do I know that's what God said? How, how can I have the authority to just take a story and flip it around? It's because I know what he's saying to you and I today. I know he's saying to you and I, who were designed to bear his image, I know he's saying to you and I today, where are you? Where did you go? I've, I gave you my spirit. I've given you this overflow of love. I've given you this overflow of power. I've given, I've, I prepared you so that you could bear my image. Where did you go? What took you away? I know he said it to Adam because he's saying it to us today. Where'd you go? You are the bearers of my image. Where'd you go? No one else can do it. I can't say to, that, to the mountains, bear my image. They can't do it. I can't say to these animals, bear my image. They can't do it. I designed one, us, humanity, to bear my image. Where did you go? He asked the same question of Elijah. Elijah, where'd you go? Where are you? He asked us that question now. As I consider this morning, God left me and let me know without any doubt what was on his mind for me to say. I couldn't escape it. So let's go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, we know this is the Beatitudes or the Sermon on the Mount. I'll begin reading in verse 14. We know this scripture. We can generally quote it. You're the light of the world. This is Jesus. It's written in red. I don't know how, I'm still confused how he, how he knew to write in red, but he did it. You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I love that passage, and I love it in particular over this season, over this time that God has appointed 
for this, for this body. Let our light so shine before men that they will see our good works. The light bulb changed, the porch that is repaired, the trees that are removed, anything that can be done, the time spent in the middle of the night, whatever it is, let our light so shine that they would see that good work, but know absolutely that he is God. That word light in that passage is one that I find profound. In Greek, it is, I don't know how to pronounce it. I guess it's phos, P-H-O-S, phosphorus, those kind of things, find its root. It means light, but it means light that comes from a fire. I like that because when I was turning off of 301 onto 385 going south, about two miles down there when God showed me that Parker was supposed to be the next pastor because he told me that the next pastor of this church would be the one who would build the fire. who would be that person who would stir that fire so that by that fire, light would come. By that light, the image of God could be seen. I wasn't confused. There's much clarity in this verse. It's particularly found in the word, so let your light so shine. Let your light so shine. In Greek, it means in this manner, let your light shine. In this manner, not hidden. In this manner, giving light to the entire house. In this manner, as a lamp on a lampstand, a lamp, lampstand that illuminates and drives out darkness. In this manner, let your light so shine. I would not need to tell you more than this verse to establish this time in this body, if you will let this verse by his spirit speak to your spirit this morning, I promise you the suction will occur. You will be on board simply because you understand that he's speaking of you, he's speaking of me when he says, let your light, let this light, this light I placed in you so shine that they will see what you do with your hands, but they will absolutely know that is coming from our Father. We're not confused by this message. My mind can't capture, even, its, in, even in its wildest imagination, the moment when God said, let there be light. From his creative mouth, comes light at 186,282 miles per, per second. Let there be light. Boom. Can you imagine the moment when he said, let there be light? 186,000 miles per second. That is a very rapid expansion of light. The world of physics is completely beyond my comprehension. I hear a few things that come out of physics and it just like, it, I get lost quickly. However, there are some simple things that I can understand. Take them apart, look at them piece by piece, I can understand them. 
I found this statement in a document that I was reading in Wikipedia about this rapid expansion of light. And I thought it interesting coming from the world of science. This is what the quote said. More recently, measurements of the red shifts of, of supernova indicate that the expansion of the universe is accelerating. What happened when he said, let there be light? What is there out there to stop it? Nothing. As a matter of fact, science is proving by these red shifts that the increase of the universe is actually accelerating based on this release of light. Again, I'm not, I'm not very smart, but a red, a red shift, they can tell when light waves begin to move longer toward radi radioactivity versus blue shifts when they begin to turn shorter toward ultraviolet. So the, the greater the, the red shifts, the greater the acceleration moving to long sound waves. That's all, that's all that is. Let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light. John 8, 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. Oh. He came out of his mouth, let there be light, at an ever-increasing, no-boundary limit, at a speed of light at 186,000 miles per second. And now he says, I am the light. What is he saying? I should be increasing at the speed of light. I should be moving, growing, ever expanding, accelerating at the speed of light because I made that light and I chose to put that light in me. And then he says, then Jesus spake again to them saying, I'm the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life. So he says, not only did I choose to take that light that I created and place it in me as your Savior, I've taken that light which is in me as a Savior, and I place that light in you. Let your light, where did that light come from? It came from him because he created it. We are the light. That same light now resides in you and I. Listen to the verse again. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I'm the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Does the power of this strike you as it does me? Let there be light in an ever-increasing universe. And then he says that he is and that we are now that light of the world. My hope, not as a wish, not as a dream, but as a result of revelation is a rapid expansion of light in this body. Some will hear this and immediately dismiss it. Some will hear it and measure it and find it not worth it. But some of us, some sitting here, he will draw them in. And you and I will wake each day saying, Father, show me. You fill this day with goodness. You fill this day with kindness. You fill this day with love. 
You have filled this day with opportunities. Thank you, Father, that you've given us the eyes to see and the ears to hear so that we can discover what you have already done so that we can walk in the fulfillment of those things. Let there be a rapid expansion of light in this body, a, a personal explosion. From rapid obedience to the simplest opportunities for his children to serve those around them. I'm looking forward to the day when we look up and Shorty has exploded. This rapid expansion of light. And Teresa explodes with him. Because with that explosion, the radiance of the image of God will be seen like never before. For Melanie to explode with this rapid expansion of light. Science calls out a big bang. It's time, isn't it? We've waited a long time for this season to, for God to get us ready. It's time for, our, for that rapid expansion of lights in us individually and us as a church because the community can't wait anymore. The, the school can't wait anymore. This area can't wait anymore. Letting our light, the one we got from him so shine, it's urgent. Listen to these two verses and we'll be dismissed. Romans 13, 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. The day is far spent. We are in these last chapters. It's time for the rapid expansion of light. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of the God in the face of Jesus Christ. Where did he put the light? He shined it in our hearts so that by our hearts there could be this rapid expansion of light in those around us. They may not want it. They may reject it. They may not want the light. But the light will so shine that they can see it and they will be brought to that choice. Do I want also to have in my life that light of the world? We are in that time. Parker is the man who will lead us. It's already sown on his heart. It's not about building a big church. It's not about who comes or who doesn't. It's about an obedience so that that light will so shine before men that they will see what our, our hands do, what our hearts do, and they will know that He is God. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.